You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show, this special decade edition. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, this segment of the Husker Online show brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill. Get on into any of the Tanner's bars in Omaha 4 and uh, also in Lincoln as all the football action, all the NFL playoffs, all the college bowl games. It is your spot to camp out and watch football all day, every day with the action going on here at these playoff games and bowl games as I did that, Robin. I don't know about you, but on that playoff Saturday, I made ribs, told my wife, um, leave me alone all day. I'm going to watch football. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, I got in um, the majority of them. I was doing some family, you know, post-Christmas events, but I was able to watch the majority of those games. It stunk, though, that the Oklahoma-LSU game was so bad so quickly. It's yes. like, okay, I mean, like... Yeah, basically checked out after halftime. I was, like, debating, like, should I go to 5 o'clock church now and just <laughs> go now because I know this game's over and, uh, and and just get ready for the night game? And I stuck it out. I made ribs, so it was, it was worth it. But I want to talk all decade team offense. And we came out with this this week um, on HuskerOnline.com and no, I should say no surprise because he was a highly controversial player, but our quarterback was Taylor Martinez. And my reasoning on this was he was the only all Big Ten quarterback for Nebraska in the entire decade. The only first team. And he was first team um, by the coaches. He edged out Braxton Miller uh, from Ohio State on the coaches. The media named Braxton Miller the 2012 first teamer, and, and Martinez was the coaches. So. Um, he was on there. Only one draft pick quarterback. That was Tanner Lee. Obviously, didn't have a great year statistically. Um, you could make a only a guy you could probably make a case for is Tommy Armstrong. And um, you know, I, I even said this: if Adrian Martinez would have had a record-breaking get to New York type of year this mm-hmm. year, maybe you make a he's the guy. Yeah, but he didn't. But he keep, did it. Keep in mind, <laughs> but he did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean Taylor was having that kind of year um, when before he hurt his ankle against Missouri. Uh, I mean, he was a legitimate Heisman, Heisman Trophy uh, contender. As a freshman. Yeah, as a freshman. And so he was kind of taking college football by storm for a while there and still was able to put together, um, you know, a pretty impressive career when you look back on it. Now, again, it wasn't appreciated just because of, you know, some of the, the wild inconsistencies you saw out of him. But um, you take into account the, his individual success and the team success that he was able to have and compare that with every other quarterback that's been here, I don't think it's even close. I mean, he passed for nearly 3,000 yards in a run for over a thousand yards in 2012 mm-hmm. that was the year nebraska won the division he had 33 total touchdowns between passing and rushing so exceptional year he had there to take nebraska to their only divisional big 10 title in nine seasons of conference play now running back there are really only three i think you can consider and we went with rex burkhead and amir abdullah uh, burkhead finished with 3836 scrimmage yards 35 touchdowns led the big 10 in rushing um, in one year, I believe it was 2011, um, he was the leading mm-hmm. rusher. It was kind of a down year. It was like 1,300 and some yards led the conference that year. Um, then Abdullah finished with 5,278 scrimmage yards. That's pass, That's receiving and rushing combined. Uh, 48 total touchdowns. Now, Roy Hallou actually had more scrimmage yards than Rex Burkhead. Burkhead had more touchdowns. Um, it just, to me, it felt like Burkhead, though, was more meaningful for Nebraska over the decade than what Halu did for Nebraska. Your thoughts? Yeah, and, you know, I mean, Roy did break the single-game rushing record. And so, I mean, there's a lot of... Yeah, that's a great point. I there, even, there's a lot of case that, you know, he could be made for him on there. But, you know, I think you ask most fans, I mean, who, who are your best running backs of this decade? 
Rex Burkett and Amir Abdullah are the guys people are immediately going to think of. And then then you think about Roy Hallou. And that's no fault of Roy's. It's just that, you know, Rex was... Three uh, NFL running backs. Yeah, it was as big of a fan favorite as you're going to find here. Same thing with Amir. And uh, when you look at what was around those guys, uh, I just look back, remember that Iowa game up in Iowa City when Rex carried the ball was like 40 times. I was in Lincoln... That was the 2011 game in Lincoln, and he set the school record right, for carries. That's right, that's right. Now, the next year in 12, he was hurt, and they brought him in the second half, and he kind of gutted it out, kind of like the way New England uses him now, and he just kind of carried yep. the ball. And, and so well, those are the types of things that people remember. And Roy, Roy had some injury things that kind of like knocked him in and out of stuff. Yeah, so I mean, statistically, Roy is right up there with either of those guys, but I think when you just look back at just the, yeah, the, the, the intangibles aspect of it and, and being – uh, such high-profile faces of the program. Uh, it's in my opinion, it's a no-brainer. Rex, Rex, and Amir are are your two guys, and especially when you take into account all that they did for that offense. I think Roy, they had just more options around him, where those guys had to do a lot more on their own. Fullback Andy Janovich, not even really end much of discussion. In a discussion, <laughs> I mean, the only other fullbacks in the era era were Tyler Legate. CJ Zimmer, and I put a fullback on there because, gosh dang it, I'm an old school guy still. I'm. Hey. I'm, I'm with you, especially when you look at Andy Janovich is one of their most successful NFL players right now. Uh, yeah, he's got to be on that list. He's on that list along with his, his bush light and his chew and his old blue pickup truck. truck yep. Blue truck. All right. Now, wide receiver, Robin, you could make a case that yeah. this was the deepest position of the decade for Nebraska on offense. We went with Kenny Bell, Jordan Westerkamp, Stanley Morgan as our three. I went with three just because – Three receivers is kind of more common now uh, as a standard set in football, especially without a fullback. Mm-hmm. Kenny Bell had um, 2,689 yards. Jordan Westerkamp, 2,474. Stanley Morgan Jr., 2,747. So, you know, those are essentially your three all-time leading receivers right there, and they're all in the same decade. Now, J.D. Spielman had 2,546, was still one year to go. Um, but he's not been honored at the same level of those guys. He's never played in a bowl game at Nebraska, and you could argue a lot of J.D.'s big numbers came in games where Nebraska was down significantly against Ohio State, against Penn State, where you know he's putting up 200 and some yards receiving uh, when teams are kind of more in a prevent-type defense. Yeah, and I think that's the separator. Uh, I mean, the fact that uh, you know the, the stats are, are pretty similar, but when you take into the individual accolades – of those guys, uh, it's kind of a, a no-brainer. I mean, JD just hasn't been recognized at the same level as a Morgan Westerkamp or Bell. Uh, and you know, I mean, those guys are, are you know first team all conference. Our first selection. or second team, yeah. all three of them. And, and JD, I mean, I, I think his his highest accolade is what third team. So I mean, I think that's kind of where you draw the line is, um, you know, what what do other people outside of the Nebraska realm uh, put these guys? And right now, JD is kind of just a, an also ran who's put up a lot of numbers in a you know, high volume offense. Uh, uh, and hasn't really had much team success that to go along with it. Now that certainly can change. I mean, if he comes out and um, returns next year and, and has a great year, then maybe you reevaluate where he is in that pecking order. But right now, I think those are three guys you have to stick with. And then you had some other good guys make the NFL from the decade. Quincy Nunwa had 1,526 yards. Niles Paul, 1,532. Brandon Riley, 1,275. Um, even DeMornay Pearsonell had some moments, and he made a, um, some – rosters for a while in the league or got some looks at least mm-hmm. um, so y- y- you look at just that position in general I mean there, there was a lot of talent at receiver in the, in the decade yeah I mean it, it kind of reshaped with the the changing of the guard offensively uh, wide receiver was kind of there for the taking for guys to set a lot of records and we've certainly seen that now tight end uh, Seaton Carter was our guy you had Kyler Reed Ben Cotton Tyler Hoppus 
other tight ends, you know, that maybe had numbers, but Carter, I think we would both agree, was the most complete tight end as a blocker, red zone guy, receiver. Maybe the most underutilized player in <laughs> of the decade. I mean, he's on an active roster when you in the think NFL. About it. I mean, the fact that he did not get the football more is one of the biggest travesties we've seen uh, from this football program. Now, offensive line, we went with the best five here. I didn't go with these are the tackles, these are the guards, these are the center. Spencer Long, Alex Lewis, Ricky Henry, Jeremiah Searles, Brent Qualley. Now, the first four guys all were honored as all Big Ten level players. Um, you know, whether that was first or second team, all Big Ten, all Big 12 guys. Uh, I think the fifth spot is where maybe you could have a debate. And I went with Qualley at five because of just the reliability that he's shown. And it's kind of carried over to his pro career. He's been in the, the pros now for a good six, seven seasons as well. But, um, you know, a good group of linemen, um, you know, I, I think you're going to see better linemen, though, for Nebraska in the 20s. I think that's kind of the, the most striking position group of all of this. I mean, because you look at the, the guys, are in the skill positions, uh, I mean, there's kind of some no-brainer guys. And you still get that a little bit with Spencer Long and um, you know maybe even Alex Lewis to an extent, Ricky Henry for sure. But, I mean, there's the, the depth. And when you look at the, the honorable mentions on that list, they, they don't do much for you. And so I think when all said and done, uh, Brandon Hymas is certainly going to be in that conversation, um, especially if he comes back and has a strong senior campaign. Um, he's certainly got a, sp- a opportunity to be a no-brainer. And, join, and replace Quali on yeah, there probably. Yeah, but again, he, I just don't know if he's done quite as much as what Quali did during his time. And then our kick returner, um, was uh, a return specialist was Niles Paul uh, finished with the second most kickoff return yards in school history. I mean, single handedly almost won the big 12 title game um, for Nebraska in 2009, uh, the game against um, Texas, Um, you know, had some big, big plays in that game. That wasn't a part of this decade, um, but definitely gave Nebraska one of their more consistent return guys over his career, even return kicks, and punts in the NFL, which mm-hmm. not, not not very many Huskers have done that recently. Yeah, especially as when they're a tight end on offense. But uh, I think you. I mean, I don't know if there's re- really anything close to him um, as far as just the longevity. Uh, there's certainly been guys that had you know flash in the pan seasons. You know, Spielman, uh, Abdullah as a freshman, uh, Demorne Pearsonell as a freshman. But you know, the the long term. Uh, productivity that Niles had at that position in those roles. He wasn't a juke guy either. Yeah, I mean, he, he just knew where he was going, and he hit it fast, and he had that breakaway speed that was able to separate. And, um, and that's sometimes the most important part than how much dancing you do. And then kicker, kind of a debate. I mean, Alex Henry got the nod over Brett Maher, but, I mean, Alex Henry was 68-76, of 76, set an NCAA record for accuracy with um, almost 88%, 89% over his career. This was always interesting to me. He was first team All-American in 2010. He was named All-Big 12 over Oklahoma State's Dan Bailey. But Dan Bailey that same year won the Groza Award where Henry wasn't even invited as a finalist. That was a joke. So you think about that. I mean, what a snub. You have a guy named All-Conference, All-American, and the guy in the same conference got the Groza. Alex Henry was as valuable a player as there was on those teams. And you take into account – the big kicks he made, his kickoff ability, and his punting. Uh, I mean, he did everything special teams-wise. Think about the 2009 Oklahoma game, the punts that he did in that game. The oh, yeah. Rick Neuheisel, not Rick Neuheisel, but uh, Gary Barnett was on the radio call, and he said that it was one of the most impactful directional punting games he's ever seen, the way he continually pinned Oklahoma and made them have long fields that entire game. The fact that he didn't have a longer NFL career still baffles me. Sometimes it's all about where you land, and he had to go to uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia and 
you know, you kick in Pittsburgh and Philly and these cold weather, windy cities. It's where it's a, kickers go to die. It's a different ball game. That's why that position's a revolving door right now. All right, we're going to talk defense when we come back next here. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.